Right. And Sorby again. The niece had jumped up and put the light on. Sorby looked as if he was going to assault Mrs. Stanhope. That's when I got in on the act. And the rest is silence, said Pasco. That's apt. Wish it had all been bloody silence, said Weald. He had one of the ugliest faces Pasco had ever seen, and at the moment unease was printed clearly on the leathery surface. The door burst open. Detective Superintendent Andrew D.L. stood there. A long, intermittently observed diet had done something to keep his bulging flesh in check, but now anger seemed to have inflated him till his eyes threatened to pop out of his head. Hello, sir. Good meeting, Pasco said, half rising. Weald was standing to attention as if rigor mortis had set in. Champion, till I got off the train this end, said D.L., raising a huge right hand which was attempting to squeeze the printing ink out of a rolled-up copy of the local paper. He pretended to notice Weald for the first time, went close to him, and put his mouth next to his ear. Ah, Sergeant Weald, he murmured. Any messages for me? No, sir said Weald. Not that I know of. Not even from the other bloody side, bellowed D.L. It's all a mistake, sir, interposed Pasco hastily. Mistake? Certainly it's a bloody mistake. I go down to Birmingham for a conference. Hello, Andy, they all say. How's that choker of yours, they all say. Fine, I say. All under control, I say. That was the bloody mistake. You know what it says here in this rag? He unfolded the paper with some difficulty. It has long been common practice among American police forces to call the aid of clairvoyance when they are baffled, he read. I leave a normal English CID unit doing its job. I come back, and suddenly it's the mid-Yorkshire precinct, and we're baffled. No wonder Kojak's bald. Pasco risks a smile. Lots of things made D.L. angry. Not having his jokes appreciated was one of them. The fat man sat down heavily. All right, he said. Tell me. For answer, Pasco shoved Will's report towards him. He read it quickly. Sergeant? Sir? Oh, stop standing there as if you crap yourself, said D.L. wearily. Think I may have, sir, said Weald. This tickled D.L.'s fancy, and he grinned and belched. How'd it happen you had a recorder in your car, lad? Not normal issue these days, is it? No, sir, said Weald. It's my nephew's. I've been having it repaired. That was kind of you, said D.L. approvingly. An electrical shop, you mean? Not exactly, sir, said Weald, uncomfortable again. It's Percy Lowe who services the radio equipment in the cars. He's very good with anything like this. Oh, aye. In his own time and with his own gear, I suppose, said D.L. sarcastically. He did a good job in your electric kettle, sir, said Pasco, brightly. D.L. edged nearer the corner of the desk to scratch his paunch on the angle. Let's hear what the spirits had to say, then. No, that's what I call helpful, he said when it was done. Here's us thinking Brenda Sorby was killed after dark when all the time the sun was shining that she was chucked in our muddy old canal that's so thick Judah's bloody Iscariot could walk on it, and all the time it's some nice crystal-clear trout stream. So, all we've got to do now is work out the most likely nesting ground for albatrosses in Yorkshire. Or condors, maybe. And these dark-skinned buggers will be Arthur Scargan's lads just up from the pit. Pasco laughed.
not so much at the wit as in relief that Diel was talking himself back into a good mood. All right, Peter, said Diel. What's really happened today? Nothing much. House to house goes on, but we're running out of houses. And what about the lad? Tommy Maggs, he sticks to his story. He's very uptight, but you'd expect that. Why? Well, his girlfriend murdered and the police visiting him twice daily. Oh, I said D.L., doubtfully. He glanced at his watch. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, he said. How's your missus? Pasco's wife, Ellie, was five months gone with her first child. Uh, fine, she's fine. Grand, said D.L. So, if she's all right, and my watch is all right, the black bull's open, and I'll let you buy me a pint. As he passed Weald, he dug a finger into his ribs and said,